0: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card.
1: Right this way.
0: It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: Winning is an everyday mindset. And we're here to help. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. How do you play? How do you work when you're not at your best? Coach Cal and I will share some wisdom from our time coaching, and we'll apply that wisdom to your off-court challenges. you got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen.
1: Hey, what up? I'm Doug Gottlieb. You, 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 you have downloaded all ball. Uh, make sure you download, subscribe and rate us. And if you like what you hear, you can also listen to the Doug Gottlieb show. That's uh, daily from three to six Eastern time on Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app. We're on Sirius XM. Um, we're on the same Sirius XM channel as Dan Patrick is. That's 217 and 203. Anyway, I uh, love all our partners in the terrestrial radio and satellite radio and digital radio world. And, of course, this podcast is dedicated only to basketball. Last week, we previewed a couple of teams. This week, we're going to take you kind of out east. Uh, we talked a lot of Lakers last week. Um, you're seeing the Lakers and Anthony Davis. The time of this recording is coming off of 40 and 20. The, the guy, without any question in my mind, is a top five player in the NBA. Now, what's interesting about the top five discussion is we say top five and people will put 10 guys as a top five player. That's not actually the way it works. Top five is top five. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm torn on the Harden thing because he's definitely a top five offensive player, but he plays no defense. I think Giannis is a top five all-around player, although you know, it's weird because I'd, rather, I'd still rather have LeBron with the ball late than Giannis with the ball late even though I don't think that LeBron is nearly what Giannis is athletically right now. I just, you know, LeBron is everything is bully ball now because he can't get a step. Um, but his skill, especially his shooting skill is so much better than it used to be, but he's still not He's, he's never been a pure shooter. Even if his shot is really, really pure. Does that, does that make sense? Um, but Anthony Davis is without any, start any top five list, right? any top five list you have to put Anthony Davis on it because he plays both ends and he can carry you scoring. He's a willing passer. He can guard multiple positions. He's, he's great. And I know that the, the big part of the trade was all of the draft picks. And that's likely to set the, the Lakers back, I guess for years, you know, but they're probably gonna be late first round draft picks anyway. But regardless, um, The other side to it is, like look, at the time of this recording, the Pelicans hadn't won a game, and Ingram and Lonzo and Josh Hart are all playing. So I understand Drew Holiday's not, and he's hurt, and that might change who the Pelicans are and what they play like as the season goes on. But it's really important to mention that, look, those guys are all still trying to prove themselves for a reason. And even though I thought they had a good group last year, they're so much better this year. And they're probably a Darren Collison retirement away from being the best team in the NBA early in the season, better even the Clippers who of course beat them on opening night as for the Clippers. And when people like that, that had to be really interesting for Kawhi. Like it probably doesn't bother him because he is in fact the machine. He is in fact the Terminator, but the idea that you would come to the Clippers and have what feels like, and was in fact a better team. Than the Lakers get booed at home it booted a Dodger game. You start to realize like, dude, it's still a Laker town. No matter how good the Clippers are. Um, but I like the Clippers and Kawhi, Kawhi is absolutely a top five player. Right? So, I mean, look, top five players have to play both ends. That's the question with James. Do you put James Harden down the list? Do you not put James Harden? But th- those two are among the league's elites. I would put Giannis in there as well. And then now is when you start to get kind of an interesting discussion over kind of the rest of the league. Like Kyrie. So let's get to the Nets. Adam Zagoria is going to join us. He's based in New York. He works for SNY TV. And my my only thought on the the recent Josh, Jackie McMullen story where basically he has these wild mood swings where he don't want to talk to anybody. I think it's possible that he's secretly an introvert and his personality is his brilliance as a basketball player, how how brilliant he is, like even in Uncle Drew at the movie, like that masks the fact that he maybe has moments of needing time away from other people. So let's kind of dive in on the Kyrie thing. Look, some of this is different because he's not. We all want it to be like, well, it's like Boston. Everybody in Boston hated him, and so he left Boston and. I've I've heard some of my colleagues say Kevin Durant made a mistake leaving, leaving golden state. I wouldn't have left golden state, but again, we also have to remember like no one actually remembers the moment in which things happened and what was going on. Had Kevin Durant not left golden state, he's still not playing right now. Right? He still, he was a free agent. He had a torn Achilles tendon. So regardless of whatever happened, he wasn't going to be playing. And While I personally would have said, like, hey, stay there, it was pretty obvious he could he couldn't find whatever he's searching for, happiness-wise, fulfillment-wise, he couldn't find it there. So now he's going to try in Brooklyn. Now, here's the here's the benefit that they run. There's no expectations of the Nets. There's just not. No matter what you think, no matter what you think, no expectation. Outside. There's no expectation to that. In New York, they're probably the seventh, sixth or seventh biggest professional sports team, right? Yankees are the biggest. Then probably the Giants and Jets and then the Knicks and then the Rangers, right? And a Mets in there too. And then you get to the, then then you're talking about the Nets. That's the pecking order of importance, now, it doesn't mean that when he goes for 50, like he did on opening night, people aren't going to pay attention to the tri-state area. But in terms of passion, this is, and the Nets have been better than the Clippers have. They've been to NBA finals. Clippers haven't been past the second round. But it's the same thing that, frankly, Kawhi is experiencing. The only difference, obviously, is Kawhi is on franchise in LA, but he's going against the Lakers, but the Lakers have two superstars where the the, the Knicks clearly don't. So, but I actually think that kind of benefits Kyrie. As I don't think he's a leader. I think he's a great player. I think he can be a little obnoxious because he's he's one of those guys that's smart but thinks he's a lot smarter than he is. Um, but he's talented, and you have two super talented guys, and Kevin Durant because he's kind of been through the ringer in, in, in at least how he feels emotionally. He's been through the ringer. I think when he returns, Katie's a very good teammate. Do I think they'll play too much iso ball? I do, and that's weird because uh, this was the ultimate analytics team, great chemistry, great character, but it might just work. We're kind of a year and a half away from knowing. Katie didn't play this year. Although I wouldn't, you know, like if he's good to go, like let him get you're not going to know and not going to feel better until you have some game action on you. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't be against if he can play the last 10 games of the regular season, play him, and get it to where, you know, if he doesn't care about his averages, where he's playing 10, 15 minutes a game and feeling good about himself, and then next year he's, you know, fully and completely all the way back. I don't think that's what they'll do, but that's what I would consider. But Kyrie's over dominance, of the, it's almost like you wish he would come out and get everybody involved and be passive. On the other hand, again, here's the downside, here's the other part to it. It might work because Kyrie's like, "Look, fuck it. I'm just going to be Kyrie every day. I don't have to try and fit in." Remember when he, when he came back with Boston last year, they had gone to the Eastern Conference Finals. No, no matter how um how miraculous that was, how fortunate they were, the fact is they'd gone to the Eastern Conference Finals. So all those guys thought they were great. And he was like, man, I'm just going to feed the sugar and I'm going to lead. I'm going to try and just be a true point guard. And this is who Ky- Kyrie is a score. Give me the ball and I'm going to score. I, I remember one of his Duke coaches told me once like, hey, you know, Kyrie wasn't a point guard growing up. Kyrie wasn't. He only played 10 games at Duke. He's not really a point guard. So people asking him to do point guard things like he wasn't really a point guard with the Cavs. What happens with people in point guards is they do assume dribbling the ball up the floor and, or being the smallest guy in the court who dribbles the ball up the floor, you're a point guard. and that's not This dude is a scorer who can really pass when he want, if he wants to. So does it work? I don't know. What does work mean? Are they one of the better teams in the East? Maybe not. This year they'll be okay. They'll be good. They'll be a playoff team. And next year, if Kevin Rand is anywhere near back, the answer is yes. Did they win a championship? I'm guessing no, because the ISO basketball seems to have, it seems to have gone the way of the Dodo, right? You have to have ball and player movement. You have to play true analytics ball. Um, and I don't know how they develop enough all around scoring, but I actually understand why KD did it. I, I wouldn't have done it. I would have stayed there. But I also remember that the timing, this wasn't a, he wasn't going to play this year. And letting Kyrie be Kyrie for better or for worse for a year before you come back actually makes it a better destination for Kevin Durant. All right, I'm gonna catch up with Adam Zagori. We're gonna talk about East Coast Hoops. Weird story out of Seton Hall. Weird story, like a tampering story that kind of came out, out of nowhere. And you end up having your head coach get suspended for just the exhibition games. Kevin Willard, who has maybe his best team, missed their first. And I think it was both exhibition games because suspension. And it's because of tampering on a transfer that took place two years ago. I guess it's a weird one. Plus we'll, we'll talk some Knicks. We'll talk some Celtics uh, upcoming with Adam Zagoria from SNY TV. But first I sleep really, really soundly, really soundly. Like once I get to sleep, I'm out, but The mattress you sleep on, especially temperature of mattress, feel of mattress, now that'll affect it. There's just certain ones I can't get, you you can't get comfortable on. You can't figure them out. And if you haven't heard, Casper is a sleep brand that makes expertly designed products to help you get your best rest one night at a time. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. The breathable design, this is important to me, helps you sleep cool, and regulates your body temperature through the night. I get super, super hot, not with my Casper mattress. After all, you spend one-third of your life sleeping. Do the calculation, it makes sense. So you should be comfortable. With over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 stars across Amazon, Google, Casper is becoming the internet's favorite mattress. You know, the internet hates everything, especially me. Casper also offers a wide array of other products, like pillows and sheets, to ensure an overall better sleep experience. And you know, you sleep good, you wake up, you feel like a million bucks. You can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep on it trial. Start your trial now and have your mattress delivered right to your door with free shipping and returns in the U.S. and Canada. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com allball and by using allball at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. That's casper.com slash all ball. Use all ball at checkout.
4: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeart Radio app.
1: All right, let's welcome him in. Uh, writes for the New York Times, uh, for Forbes. You see him on SNY TV. I saw where now he's also uh, he's going to cover Seton Hall basketball this year. Like it, when it comes to uh, national hoops, but especially East Coast hoops, can't get any better than Adam Zagori, who joins us here in the All Ball Podcast. I, I want to ask you, kind of, just just start this the Kevin Willard thing. It's not national news, but I think within the Big East and East Coast hoops, this is a big thing. So he he's been suspended for for tampering. Is that right?
5: Yeah, hi, Doug. Yeah, it's a funny little – I mean, it's not funny, but I, I drove out there to their exhibition game last night at Seton Hall, and I walked in the gym expecting it to be kind of a quiet, you know, div- exhibition game against the Division Three opponent, and then the news broke that, you know, Kevin was suspended and he didn't coach the game, so he's, he missed that game, and he'll miss their season opener Tuesday against Wagner. Um, basically, it sounds like uh, Syracuse filed um, – a complaint alleging tampering on this kid, Torian Thompson, who's now a junior who came to see the hall from Syracuse two years ago. Um, he's a New York city kid kind of came back home. So, you know, Kevin's really just missing like one regular season game over it.
1: Okay. But like, this is like the, the unspoken unspo- uh, thing about transfers is that tampering does tampering seems to, to be rampant, right? and yeah. it's the it's one of the reasons that that coaches have always been against the idea that you can transfer and not sit out because you're in you know you're in handshake lines and you know right. a little wink and a nod and man you'd really look good in our our colors but yeah. but the head coach but suspending the head coach that feels like they got to have some sort of proof right like a text or something yeah i mean my
5: understanding of the situation is that it had more to do with a former assistant coach who's no longer on Kevin's staff. Um, you know, we between the lines. You can probably figure out who that is. Uh, someone, someone related to that person and in their connection to Torian's family, Torian's mother. Um, I mean, I know Seton Hall was, you know, recruiting Torian Thompson uh, early in his, you know, recruitment before he went to Syracuse. So I think my understanding is Kevin kind of just took the fall here for one of his former assistants. But yeah, there's, you know, there's got to be some kind of proof uh, with the NCAA or, or wherever. Um, I mean, the, the deal with Torian Thompson was he was at Syracuse. You know, he wasn't a particularly great student. He wasn't you – know, he had a pretty solid freshman year. But then he abruptly left Syracuse in, like, August, leaving Jim Boeheim kind of high and dry because, you know, you can't right. go out and get a transfer in August. Um, and then he turned up in Seton Hall a month later. So I don't think Syracuse was very happy about that.
1: Um, yeah, so this this feels like it, it's it made me not as much about Torrey and Thompson as much as this the idea that it's it's bullshit the way things went down and uh, and it's kind of a, a warning to anybody else who tries to poach a play. It is it's interesting. Uh, what was the kid's name? Man, now I'm uh, all of a sudden I'm blanking. What was the kid's name from Iowa State that went to Syracuse first round draft pick? Why am I forgetting? Um, Recently. For Uh, 10 years ago, maybe.
5: Uh, But yeah, this kind of stuff, you know, especially like when kids come back home and they come to a school close to their home and the staff at the school they're going to has known the family, you know, for years, which is the case here, you know, it's hard, you know, you'd have to be naive to think there isn't some back channel talking going on.
1: Wesley Johnson, right? That's the old Wesley Johnson story. Wesley Johnson was Iowa State. And he was supposed to, I think he was supposed to live with Doug McDermott. Greg McDermott was his coach, right? Like they were, or whatever happened. He had signed the lease, goes home to Dallas for a couple of days. And then is like, Hey, I'm going to Syracuse. And they were like, Whoa, right. Whoa, Whoa. And, and look for the kid, it ends up, you know, being a life changer. And, you know, he, he sits out and he ends up having an outstanding run and becomes a, a first round draft pick but it's more the way in which things go down and the feeling of tampering. Uh, let me ask you about Seton Hall. This is a talented team. I think number 12 in the preseason poll. You got a chance to, right. to eyeball them. How good are they?
5: They're really good. I mean, this is the best team. You know, Kevin Willard's been to the tournament four years in a row. He's never, uh, I think he's got one win in four years. And really, I you know, I talked to Miles Powell, their first team All-America guard, and to Kevin Willard and, you know, this is really, uh, um, you know, failure is not an option kind of year. They were picked to win the Big East over Villanova, and I think they feel like if they're not contending in March for Big East regular season and tournament titles and, and they don't get to at least the second week of the tournament, you know, it's going to be a failure. That is that, that kind of year.
1: How did Kevin survive? Like, remember he had – there was – you know, you go back four years ago before they first made the tournament – and I remember, and he was just like, yeah, you know, like, they fire me, they fire me. They don't, they don't. And that team ended up getting to the tournament. Um, and, and kind of the rest, as they say, is history. That's a hard job. How has he survived? Whereas, you know, you look at the other, you know, big, Big East jobs. I mean, I mean, look at St. John's. Obviously, you make it some of its expectations. They make a tournament, and Mullen ends up losing his job. Same thing happened to Steve Lavin. How has Kevin Willard survived?
5: Yeah, well, in the instance you referenced there, that's a good memory by you. He went into the um, athletic director at the time, Pat Lyons, who was a good friend of his, and said, you know, basically, look, you know, I know I haven't lived up to expectations here, but stick with me. I believe I have a good team coming in next year, and I'm going to turn it around. You know, and then he had this class with, you know, Isaiah Whitehead and Jesse Rodriguez and Angel Delgado, all these New York, New Jersey guys. <clears throat> and they were, of course, the foundation of a team that you know, went to the tournament a bunch of times. They won the 2016 Big East tournament, you know, over Villanova at the Garden. So he's had a nice run of success, um, you know, since then. And he's also recruited very effectively. Like, you know, Seton Hall is not the most glamorous, you know, job in the world. You know, Doug, they, you know, they, they played last night in basically a, a gym with a stage on one end of it for their exhibition game. And so they're not going to get, you know, big-time five-star guys, but he's been able to get sort of three-star, three and a half-star New York, New Jersey guys like Angel Delgado and Kadeem Carrington and Miles Powell and really coach him up and uh, have some success. You know, now he's got a couple transfers. Ike Obiagu is a big seven-foot-one shot blocker from Florida State, so they've got two seven-footers now. Plus, they're pretty much too deep at every position, and they really have a lot of size to, you know, inflict harm not only the big east but nationally i mean they're playing maryland michigan state oregon iowa state st louis rutgers you know they have a really loaded up schedule here
1: yeah no it's going to be interesting to see
2: winning is an everyday mindset and we're here to help i'm craig robinson join me and coach john calipari for ways to win how do you play how do you work when you're not at your best Coach Cal and I will share some wisdom from our time coaching, and we'll apply that wisdom to your off-court challenges. you got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen.
3: I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
1: All right. Uh, other reason I want to have you on is um, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, and we've seen Kyrie early, and uh, I'm sure you read Jackie Mullins' quote where she, uh, you know, his his temperamental personality can rub people the wrong way, and and she has sources that said he shut down on him one day when they were in China. Of course, the team vociferously denied that. First, just kind of an overall sense, how do you think that's going, Kyrie and the Nets?
5: Well, look, let me preface this by saying I've known Kyrie and covered him for...
1: His entire life. His entire life. Since
5: he was was in high school. um, You know, I I covered him. I spoke to him one-on-one when he was in high school. Um, You know, we all... He always knew he was going to be, you know, incredibly talented, successful player. Um, you know, I don't think anybody could have quite imagined he'd be where he is now in his career. You know, that said, I, I have had my own run-ins with him and his family. Like, when he he was supposed to commit to Duke on ESPN, and I broke the story a couple days earlier that he was going to Duke because I don't work for ESPN, and I had the story. Um, and, you know, Kyrie was not happy about that, and he let me know, and his father still doesn't really speak to me. Um, and I get that. You know, they want to have their moment with the announcement and everything and all that said. So, you know, I've known Kyrie and his family for a long time. Um, I think people kind of know what they're getting with him at this point. I mean, obviously, you know, his situation with LeBron was, you know, very well documented. Um, you know, he wanted to step out and be his own star and have his own team. Situation with Boston didn't go well. On media day this year, he – opened up about how his his grandfather, his mother's father, had passed away um, a year ago, and he didn't quite know how to deal with that. And that, you know, led to him being, um, you know, difficult or moody or however you want to phrase it, in Boston. And some of his teammates there came out and said they, you know, pretty much didn't want to hang out with him while he was in Boston. Um, and now those kind of similar things are coming up with the Nets. So, you know, those of us who are around him aren't really that surprised. I think it'll be interesting. You know, this year it's his team, but next year when Kevin Durant comes back and is healthy, you know, they're going to have to coexist, and everyone wants to see how that's going to happen. And for right now, Kevin Durant gave Jackie McMullen, you know, quotes saying that he had Kyrie's back.
1: Do you think it works long-term?
5: Do I? I mean, it's really fascinating. I mean, here, especially in New York, but obviously nationally, was a huge story because, you know, everybody, including like Stephen A. Smith, was out there saying the Knicks were going to get these guys. Um, you know, Jim Dolan, the, the Knicks owner, went on uh, Michael K. Radio here in New York and, you know, pretty much said they expected to get some big-name free agents. And there was a lot of, uh, you know, expectations and hope. There was talk of, of them getting Zion. There's a back page of the New York Post here in New York with Durant, Kyrie, and Zion all in Knicks jerseys. You know now none of those guys are here, um, and they had the Knicks have R.J. Barrett and the Nets have Kyrie and K.D. I, I do think the Nets are, you know, ahead of the Knicks right now, and um, you know you got to think there will be at least a a strong playoff team. You know, with Durant and Kyrie next year.
1: Yeah. Um, what about what about the Knicks? Um, they're in this weird place where they were trying to play Dennis Smith at the point. He can't shoot, and it, that that Reard said. Then you know he had a death in the family, so he left the team. But he was going to be going to come off the bench. Um, like you know, Dallas couldn't wait to get rid of him. They just felt like he wasn't great for their culture. Couldn't shoot. Was the you know is unbelievable in layup lines and in the open court. But in terms of being a real basketball player, couldn't do it. Um, Fizdale's a guy who you know they they brought in to kind of change the culture, and everyone likes Fiz. But they couldn't land a free agent. They end up getting R.J. Barrett, who you know might be the best you know might be the best pro of any of the guys drafted. And even though Zion obviously is going to get a lot of eyeballs once he starts playing, what's what's the status of the Knicks early through this season?
5: Well, uh, I, I think that R.J. has been you know a bright spot. I mean, you bring up a couple of points there, you know, Doug, with the point guard situation and everything. R.J. has been a bright spot. He's averaging I think twenty and a half points through four games. And let's remember that before Zion became Zion, you know, all the NBA guys I talked to and all the NBA guys in general said RJ was the consensus number one pick and he was going to be the best pro. And, you know, obviously John Morant's playing really well and some other guys, Tyler Hero's playing really well. But, you know, RJ looks like the real deal. And there's some, you know, real questions about Zion's health and his, his knees going forward. So I think Knicks fans are excited about RJ. You know, there's obviously a lot of criticism early about Fisdale's coaching because they started 0-3. The point guard situation is really up in the air. You know, if, if Dennis Smith kind of turns out to be a bust, and he's all they have to show for the Chris Hepps Porzingis trade, um, and, and Porzingis goes on to blossom in Dallas with Luka Doncic, you know, there's going to be a lot of um, unhappy, you know, Knicks fans about that situation. You know, they have Frank Nilakina who played really well in the World Cup and kind of shut Kemba down in the in the quarterfinals, there, but he's not much of an offensive player, and then they have Alfred Payton. So, um, you know, I, I don't, I just don't think the Knicks are going to be that good this year. But, you know, they do have RJ, and and they got some tough players: Julius Randle, Marcus Morris, Bobby Portis had a big game the other night. But I can't see them winning more than you know thirty games, at or so.
1: Yeah, I, I I tend to agree.
2: Winning is an everyday mindset, and we're here to help. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. How do you play? How do you work when you're not at your best? Coach Cal and I will share some wisdom from our time coaching, and we'll apply that wisdom to your off-court challenges. you got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen.
3: I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
1: So what, what is, what's the next plan? It's to try and get Giannis. Like what, yeah, obviously if Durant and Kyrie was plan A, like, or is it just build around RJ? Like what, what is, what's the plan B or C or whatever plan they're on?
5: Yeah, I mean, look. Obviously, their plan was to get KD and Kyrie, and then they tried to make it sound as if you know they they were all ready for a plan B of signing, you know, seven free agents to two-year deals. I think Julius Randle's the only guy with a three-year deal. So, you know, in a year from now, they'll have cap flexibility, and you know, they could go after Giannis or something like that. But I just think. Um, you know, there's no real light at the end of the tunnel. Some people think as long as Jim Dolan owns the team, they're kind of cursed and they'll just never be that good. And, you know, the fans are desperate here in New York. They want a winner. They, you know, whenever they win a game, the fans are all fired up. Um, so they deserve, you know, something a little better than what they have right now.
1: All right, last thing, uh, next week, uh, I know you'll be in New York. I'm going to try and be in New York as well for the, uh, for the Champions Classic, uh, which... Yeah you know, look, yearly kind of doesn't disappoint. Um, You know, it's, it's kind of Duke's going to be interesting this year because I, they don't have the best freshman, right? They don't have Zion. I think, you know, Cole Anthony, and obviously, you know, between Georgia and North Carolina, probably have the two best prospects, right? Um, Kansas has what looks like a ridiculously talented team, but they're, you know, they're under the cloud of, of the NCAA investigation, Michigan State is very highly rated, but again, Michigan State still kind of only has one guard. Like, I don't know, I I still feel like they're so beholden to Cassius Winston to make plays that 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 may end up ultimately being their their demise. Uh, Give me your kind of early thoughts getting ready for the Champions Classic.
5: Yeah, a couple things there you mentioned. I mean, I did a big story yesterday on Forbes about, um, you know, there's going to be 60 or 70 NBA scouts at the event like there are every year, and last year you know, they came away kind of raving about RJ and Zion. And this year, if you look at like the mock drafts, like Jonathan Gavoni's mock draft on ESPN, there isn't a single top 10 projected draft pick on these four teams. Um, You know, the number one pick is projected is James Wiseman at Memphis. And then Anthony Edwards at Georgia, Cole Anthony, LaMelo Ball. So it's kind of a weird year where Kentucky, Duke, Kansas, Michigan State, they don't even have a top 10 guy, the highest, projected guys like Khalil Whitney, who's a freshman at Kentucky, and he's about number 11. Now, that right. said, both teams have, you know, uh, you know, good players and good freshmen, but there's no Zion or R.J. here. Um, you know, I think just taking a step back in the college basketball season, you know, there are teams with experience, yep. Kansas, Michigan State, Seton Hall, I think you could put in that category, Florida. And then you have some of these, you know, one-and-done teams, Duke, Kentucky, Memphis. And in recent years, um, you know, we've seen, Doug, that the teams that have won have generally been these older teams. You know, Villanova won it twice with experienced teams. Carolina won it. Virginia won it. Really only two teams in the decade or so of the one and done who've relied on freshmen have won it, Duke in 2015 and Kentucky in 2012. So, you know, that being said, the odds seem to be against a Kentucky or Duke or even, you know, Penny Hardaway's Memphis team winning it this year and it would seem to be a, you know, Michigan state, Kansas, you know, see the hall, you know, type of year.
1: Yeah. I, I, I would say this. And look, Kansas has a ton of experience, right. Uh, with Garrett, uh, Abaji, D'Souza, you do, you as a you know, who's just never been healthy. They do have the ability, yeah. I think, to go small. Um, but I, I think the thing that all four of these teams have is they have returning starter at point guard. And, you know, like Trey Jones, I think, can can lift Duke. You know, Duke may not have But, you know, it's like if his brother hadn't left, how many more national championships would Duke have Duke have? And Trey Jones stays. And granted, I I don't think he would have been a first round draft pick, but who knows? Um, Anyway, so you have, you know, I think Dotson is a tremendous college guard. I don't know if he can shoot it well enough to ultimately be a pro, but he'll, he'll play be an NBA player. I don't know how good. Um, right. And then, of course, you know Michigan State might have the best returning point guard in terms of leader. And then Hagan's being back for 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 Kentucky, I think. And and they they add Nate Sestina in who transfers in from Bucknell as a grad transfer. So you have experience at the point, and then you have a grad transfer who he's not an NBA player, but he's a really good college player. So I think they'll be this will be better basketball than is normally played at the Champions Classic, specifically because you have the experience of the point guard position.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's funny. You know, we're talking about, I think, at least two sophomores there, right? Trey Jones and Ashton Higgins and Dotson are all sophomores, right? So uh, yeah. we're at the point now in college in college basketball, Doug, where we're calling sophomores, you know, experienced players, uh, which is pretty funny. But, yeah, everything you said there is right. I, I, I do think Kentucky, you know, has the potential to be really, really good. Yep. Um, I'm interested to see... You know, they've got a lot of guards and wings. Um, you know, Hagan's kind of blossomed into the point guard last year, and then they have you know, all kinds of wings. Khalil Whitney is a super bouncy, you know, athletic future NBA wing. Um, Keon Brooks, you know, Johnny Juzang, Dante Allen, all these guys. And then they have, you know, a couple big guys who couldn't make it to the NBA yet. Nick Richards, EJ Montgomery, and then Nate Sestina uh, <clears throat> coming in. So I think they're going to be... Pretty deep and pretty loaded. Duke, you know, we'll just have to see, right? It's a, it's a lot of young guys plus plus Trey Jones and a couple older guys. You know, I think you got to think Michigan State and Kansas are going to be in the mix for Final Four national championship the whole way. You know, Kansas is going to be kind of have this cloud of the NCAA investigation over it all year. They seem to be having fun with it. They had Snoop Dogg at their at their. Uh, you know, late night with the fog. So it'll be interesting how Bill Self and and Sean Miller and coaches who are under the cloud sort of handle that all year.
1: Yeah, uh, for, for Duke, you know, I've seen Cassius Stanley obviously growing up out here. He's he's actually older than Trey Young. He's like a, I don't know, I think he's he might be twenty or close to twenty already. And had he gone somewhere where he would have had to handle the ball more, I wouldn't have loved it. But he, uh, if he can be sort of a blend player, just kind of a wing. Well, he is a he's he's. I don't think he'll ever live up to his reputation in building when he's a high school freshman. But I do think he picked a really really good spot, you know, to bring out kind of the best in him. I'll be I'll be fascinated to see how he adjusts to playing against the, the they're they'll have more experience at Kansas. But I don't know how much older they are because he's a really old old freshman. Sags, I know you're super busy, man. You do a great job. People can follow you on Twitter. Uh, they can read your stuff in the New York Times in Forbes, uh, and, of course, see you on SNY TV. Look forward to seeing you at the Garden and around uh, the Hoops world. Thanks so much for joining us. All right, Doc Tax. Take care, buddy.
2: Winning is an everyday mindset, and we're here to help. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. How do you play? How do you work when you're not at your best? coach cal and i'll share some wisdom from our time coaching and we'll apply that wisdom to your off-court challenges you gotta win every day find the ways to win podcast anywhere you listen
3: I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
1: Okay, so a uh, couple quick things. Obviously, the Kyrie stuff. However, my, however, Jackie McMullen got it right or got it wrong. Like, I, I don't, I don't really care. The point is that Kyrie can be a pain in the ass. Can shut down on dudes. Can be a weird kind of difficult personality at times. Uh, That's okay. Can't have a locker room full of type A guys or type B guys. There's going to be quirky dudes. I, I just, I don't know whether he's a leader. And then Kevin Durant's a great player, but I don't know if he's a leader. I will say that KD so far, you know, now he's breaking bread with first take and he does seem to at least be handling this very maturely and understanding by not playing, he can kind of tiptoe into the whole New York market and feel his own superstardom. My only question with the Nets is, when KD returns, is he still the KD that was the best player in the league before he got hurt? The likelihood is no, but I don't know. He doesn't seem to be a guy that's going to be totally changed by losing a half step because he wasn't strictly speed, quickness, and explosive. One like Derrick Rose when he lost his step, you know? Like like the Lakers, I don't like that Frank Vogel keeps mentioning Rajon Rondo like he's going to change them. I think they're a point guard away. We talked about that some last week. But you can see Anthony Davis is, in fact, their best player. And LeBron James is trying to figure out at this stage in his career, struggles to get by, people can make shots. And they figured out if they can make him the third or fourth or fifth best defender, now they're a really good defensive team. The big big thing with Rondo is Rondo hasn't been good in five years and hasn't been great in 10. Don't think he's a lockdown defender he used to be. All right, more on NBA. We'll get you ready. Next week, we'll... We'll, we'll sum up the Champions Classic. Make sure you listen to my radio show, 12 to 3 Pacific Coast Time, 3 to 6 Eastern, Fox Sports Radio, foxsportsradio.com, iHeartRadio app, Sirius XM 217 and 203. Make sure you tell a friend, download, subscribe, and rate us. And I appreciate you listening. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball.
2: Winning is an everyday mindset, and we're here to help. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. How do you play? How do you work when you're not at your best? Coach Cal and I will share some wisdom from our time coaching, and we'll apply that wisdom to your off-court challenges. you got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen.
0: Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
3: podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host